0: Mark chapter 14, I was reading this portion of the Bible this last week, got a thought, kind of jumped out, and so we'll have a look at that tonight. Mark chapter number 14, of course, Mark is the uh, second of the four Gospels in our New Testament, and uh, if you'd follow, I'd like to read four verses, and we're going to kind of jump along our way in Mark, and so they won't be four consecutive verses uh, but look there in Mark chapter 14 and verse 27. Mark fourteen twenty-seven And Jesus saith unto them, that's unto his disciples, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Look now in verse number 29. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Now go to uh, much later in Mark, there in verse number 70, Mark chapter 14 and verse 70. We find there, and and he, that's Peter, denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. And verse 71, but he, Peter, began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. Do you know, in uh, verse 27, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to be arrested. They're going to take me. And all of you are going to scatter. Peter, just two verses later, said, no, Lord, it's not going to happen. It might be the rest of these quit on you. But I am not going to quit on you. You can count on me. Well, that sure sounds pretty commendable. And yet we found there in verse number 70 that Peter denies the Lord and he then secondly denies the Lord. And the third time he not only denies the Lord, but he curses and swears. And I'd like us to look tonight at what happened between verse 29 and verse 71. What went wrong? And so uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for each one that's come And Lord, I know that when we pick up our Bible and read it, certainly we're reading of events that happened during Bible times. We understand that. Lord, we also understand that everything that you have written is for our learning. You told us that, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. And so, Lord, as much as we're looking at Peter and, and, and this tragedy that happened in his life, Lord, we would be foolish to think that it could only happen to him. Or it could happen to any of us, and and help us maybe in the verses in between, to find out exactly what went wrong, and then Lord take that little list, not to dissect everybody else around us, but to look deeply in our own hearts, to see if just maybe what happened to Peter could be happening to us. Help us tonight, Director Words, fill me with Your Spirit, Lord. May this be a helpful message in each of our lives we ask in jesus name amen we know that in all four gospels our lord right near the end of his public ministry he warned his disciples that very soon i'll be arrested i'll be tried i'll be crucified and in a number of those gospels jesus said when i'm arrested all of you are going to scatter of course our lord knows the end from the beginning and uh Peter should have known better. When the Lord said, this is what's going to happen, Peter should have thought, oops. And yet Peter figured he knew a little bit more about himself than the Lord knew. And so Peter began to argue. Look again at verse number 29. Again, Mark chapter 14 and verse number 29. But Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I." And so Peter said, no, Lord, you're wrong. Imagine telling the Lord he's wrong. No, Lord, you're wrong. So again, we're looking at the life of Peter. Uh, We know that Peter was a fisherman before Jesus called him to uh, follow Christ. Uh, We know in every list of the apostles that Peter is always mentioned first. And uh, Peter was the most outspoken of all the apostles, very vocal. And to his credit, he was very vocal about how loyal he was to Christ. And yet here he was dead wrong. Here, when the Lord said, You know what, guys, when I'm arrested and it's gonna to happen tonight, you're all gonna scatter, and Peter said, Not me. But you know, the Bible has a term for what's happening to Peter, and that term is backsliding. Now, I've to be honest, in the fifty some years that I've been saved I've been in a number of churches. I've been in churches where the word backslide, or backsliding, almost was mentioned in every message that was preached. I I don't know what churches you've been in, but I've been in churches where if you were two minutes late to the service, you were backslid, and uh, everything was a backslidden problem. I, I, I don't think I'd go that far. I think sometimes we have a flat tire, we run out of gas, I think there are other reasons why we don't always do the very best thing we do. Um, And so for that, I probably, if you paid attention to my preaching all these years, I probably don't mention that word backslidden very much. Probably don't mention it enough. Having said it, it's a Bible word. If you're taking notes, that word backslide, backslider, backsliding, it's found 16 times in the Bible. I want to show you the very first time because it's key to this message that I'm preaching Again, it's found 16 times. Look there, if you would, in Proverbs chapter number 14. And the reason that we're turning to this place is it's the very first time that the word backslider is found in all those 16 times. Look there in Proverbs chapter 14 and look at uh, verse number 14. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 14. Just the first part of the verse, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. The reason that that verse is critical, besides the fact it's the first time it's found, uh, the word backslide, is uh, it says backsliding is generally a matter of the heart. Do you know that you could be sitting in a church like this church three times a week and in your heart be backslidden? How many understand what I just said? So being in a church and in a Bible-believing church does not preempt you from backsliding. Now, not so that you'll think I'm picking on you. You can stand behind a pulpit, and you can preach to people that are in a church, and you can be backslidden in your heart. So you could have a ministry in the ch- You could be out giving gospel tracts and holding up scripture signs and you can still be backslidden in your heart. So let's let's scratch out this justification. He's not preaching about me because I'm in church. Being in church doesn't prevent backsliding. While he couldn't be talking about me because I teach a class, that doesn't prevent you or me from backsliding. So what we're going to look at back in Mark chapter number 14 is what happened to Peter. Between verse 29, Mark 14, when he said, Lord, they might give up on you, but I never will. Lord, they might run to save their own skin, but I never will. What happened between verse 29 when Peter said never until we get to verse 68 through 71 when Peter actually does what he says he'll never do? Again, I would say that certainly Peter is an example of someone that's backsliding. So if you're taking notes, I hope you do, the signs of Peter's backsliding. I was going to call it the steps of Peter's backsliding, but I I, I would prefer to use signs, indicators. These are the things that happened in Peter's verses that should have told them something's going wrong in my heart. And again, I don't give you this list so that you can uh, judge the one sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you. This is to judge yourself. This is for me to judge myself. Pastor, what are the signs of Peter's backsliding? Well, let's have a look there. Start in Matthew, Mark chapter 14, and let's begin there in verse 27. Mark 14, verse 27, and Jesus saith unto them, that's his 11 disciples, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered, verse 29. But Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I... Could I give you the first word? It's going to be five words. First word, first sign, is boastfulness. Boastfulness. What he was saying was, Lord, that might happen to them. But, Lord, that will never happen happened to me be careful when you use the word never I remember as just a young person and God was already dealing with my heart about ministry God was dealing with my heart about pastoring you say well does everybody that God calls know I don't think everybody knows the direction I think I knew And uh, I remember some people said they knew I hadn't yet surrendered to God. And they said, "Uh, I think that God's calling you to pastor. And I said, never. (laughs) Look at me now. I'm pastoring. I said, God, and to be, I said, I will never pastor. It's so funny. I said, I don't mind becoming a missionary. But I'll never become a pastor. Folks, a missionary is a pastor somewhere else. I said, never. Never and yet now I've been pastoring over 33 years. Be careful when you say never. Here when Jesus, trying to give them some preparation for what was about to happen in their lives, said when uh, all the sheep will scatter, Peter said never. The first step to backsliding, the first Sign of backsliding is boastfulness or it never happened to me. Be careful when somebody, whether they're in the church or out of the church, makes some bad choices, makes some bad decisions, and it brings them some bad results. Be careful that you don't get proud and say that could never happen to me. Folks, any of us could succumb to any sin. Any of us could fall to any temptation. That's why it's so important that you and I have a daily walk with God. I'm talking about more than just reading chapters. I'm talking about more than just saying your prayers. I'm talking about the fact that if we don't have a genuine, rich walk with God, we are as susceptible to falling as anyone else can fall. Uh, fall. The Bible, help me with this verse. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride is always the step that happens before I fall before you fall. So the very first sign of the backsliding in Peter is boastfulness. That'll never happen to me. Might happen to that Christian, that, that. It'll never happen to me. It could happen to anyone. Keep your hand there, if you would, in Mark 14. And uh, turn, if you would, over there to Galatians chapter number six. Again, Galatians chapter number six. Paul writing this to the Galatian believers, uh, he says this, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. He starts with the word brethren, so he's talking to Christians. He's talking to you and me. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. He's making reference to some other Christian that you know fell. There was some fault in the life. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. Notice in two, next two words, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Paul says to these Galatians, when you hear of another Christian who's fallen, be careful. Instead of embarking on a ministry of criticizing, instead of embarking on on this idea that would never happen to me, he said, Be careful, be careful, be careful. Try to restore them. All because if you consider the fact that you could fall to, about the time that someone says, it would never happen to me. I think that the devil races up to the throne room of heaven and says, God, you heard him. He said, never. God, I'm asking you to let me put him in the same circumstances as that other guy that fell I don't want to egg the devil on to bringing trouble in my life and you shouldn't want that either so the very first uh, sign of Peter's backsliding the very first sign is this thought of boastfulness Um, look there if you would in Matthew chapter 18 Matthew chapter 18 You can let go of Galatians, but Matthew 18. And look there in verse number 3. Preacher, why is boastfulness and why is pride the first sign of backsliding? Well, Matthew chapter 18 reminds us that the first step of getting saved is humility. Look there in Matthew 18 and verse number 3. Our Lord said, and then said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children you shall not enter in the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest uh, Sorry, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I'm saying to you, it took humility before you and I got saved. And it takes humility before you and I can grow. Peter said, humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So the very first step in salvation was realizing, I can't save myself. I can't get myself into heaven. It took humility. So as soon as we open this door of boastfulness, it will never happen to me. We have immediately taken the very first step. Back to Mark chapter 14. Again, we're looking at the signs of Peter's backsliding versus boastfulness. Could that already be prevalent in a heart here tonight? Could you be saying, you know, so and so I heard this week fell into deep sin? I'll just tell you what, that could, careful, that's the first sign. And instead of using our magnifying glass to dissect someone else who falls, we need to say, Lord, please, don't let me be the next one, because I could. A second one there in Mark chapter 14 after boastfulness. Look there in verse 37. Mark chapter 14 and verse 37. And he, that's Jesus, Jesus in the garden Gethsemane, and he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter. So here's Peter again Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest thou not watch one hour? Verse 38, watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Uh, we know that after our Lord, in verse 27 to 31, told them that when he was arrested, they all scatter. The very next thing we find in verse 32 is Jesus took the 11 to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was Jesus' custom. Many times he had prayed in that garden. It was such a regular event in Jesus' life that when Judas made a deal with the Pharisees to take them to Christ, he said, I know exactly where to take you. Because Jesus is always praying in this garden. Our Lord knew that within 24 hours of this moment that he'd be arrested, he'd be tried, he'd be nailed to a cross. And so in verse 32, it says that he went to that garden, Gethsemane, and he took his disciples, eight of them, he left at a certain place. Three of them he took a little bit further. Notice what he says to the three. Look there in verse 33. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John. So Peter is in this little group. And began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Uh, Verse 34. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Now, normally the word watch means stay awake. Uh, The word watch, though, would carry a little bit further. It would be stay observant. When you're watching, you are trying to observe. So the one thing that he told Peter, James, and John in this critical 24 hours ahead of them, you need to watch. But look a little bit further there in verse 37. When our Lord came back to those three, verse 37, and he cometh and findeth them, those three sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? And then look at verse 38, watch ye and pray. Do you know the second sign of Peter's backsliding is prayerlessness? Prayerlessness. So the very first thing we saw is boastfulness. Never happened to me second one is prayerlessness. Our Lord knew what he himself was going to face, so he prayed. Our Lord knew exactly what his 11 disciples were going to face. And so certainly for this three, he told them that they need to watch and pray. And of course, when our Lord came back after he had prayed, what did he find? The Bible says that he found Peter asleep. And he kind of scolded Peter. He said, could you not have watched one hour? Again, verse 38, watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Do you know the reason that God's people, and this includes me and you, do you know the reason that we don't pray? It's because we think we can handle it. Or this isn't too hard for me. I can handle it. By this time, Peter had a sword, Peter figured with his sword he could handle whatever came I'm sure by this time there was already some hint that it was Judas because Judas was the only of the twelve apostles that wasn't with them and so for some reason Peter instead of doing what Jesus said watch and pray Peter holding tightly onto the sword that he had I can handle it do you know what the problem was Peter's biggest enemy wasn't Judas. Peter's biggest enemy was not the soldiers that would come with Judas. Look what Peter's biggest enemy was, and it was an enemy that a sword wasn't going to be able to help him. Look at verse 38 Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. You know who his biggest enemy was? His own flesh. And folks, there's a lot of things we can take care of by picking up a phone and calling somebody we know, going to a bank account and withdrawing certain money so we can pay for, or with our experience and wit, we can sum up, there's a lot of problems that we can take care of in a physical, tangible way. But your biggest enemy and my biggest enemy is our flesh, and there's no sword and there's no one that you can call and there's no amount of money that you can take out of your bank to conquer that flesh and that's why we need to pray listen we're going to be in a situation tomorrow that we had no idea tonight and there's no amount of preparation that there there's no amount of tools that you can take with you all you can take is God I remember in high school I went to a public high school, and I remember in high school we had a debating team, and uh, one of the clubs that they had after hours was a debating club, and uh, they had all kinds of activities after. I liked the debating club, and we wouldn't know the subject before we walked into that class, and we wouldn't know the side of the subject until it was assigned just minutes before we stood up to argue. And so I would arm myself with farmer's almanacs, (laughs) just had general knowledge of everything. And I'd walk in, and when it came my turn, I would rebuttal the other side and say, actually, what you're saying is not true. And I would open a farmer's almanac, and I would begin to quote, I wasn't quoting anything. I was making it up, but that's just all part of debating. If you ever pay pay attention to Parliament, Mm -hmm. they do the same thing. They just don't use a farmer's almanac. Uh, but they said, how do you know what material to bring? I said, you can learn anything from a farmer's almanac. The farmer's almanac is not going to help you to conquer your worst enemy. Only God is. And here, Jesus reminded his disciples, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but this flesh is weak. This flesh is something that you cannot conquer. I wonder, how's your prayer life? Did you spend time with God this morning? Did you admit to God, God, in my power, I can't. I cannot handle what comes at me. Would you please, God, empower me to do what I cannot do? And sometimes it's going to be doing nothing sometimes God in that moment is going to tell you to zip your lip and let God have his way and so the first indication of Peter's backsliding was boastfulness never happened to me it's another word for pride second indication is prayerlessness Now you say, preacher, I'm well aware that uh, I could fall. Then have you spent the time in prayer asking God to help? Well, no, I didn't have time to do that. Then you have taken a step the wrong direction. I give you third. I I always worry I'm going to run short, and I never run short. Look at verse 54. So everything there from uh, verse number 32 all the way up to verse 52... Uh, were dealing with the fact that he didn't pray and he got himself into trouble look there in mark 14 verse 54 bible says and peter followed him followed jesus afar off even under the palace of the high priest and he sat with his servants and warmed himself at the fire could i give you the third word and that third word is cowardice cowardice so the first uh, sign is boastfulness the second sign is prayerlessness. And the third sign is cowardice. So Jesus has been arrested. The soldiers have taken him off to that uh, judgment. And the Bible says in verse 54 that Peter followed him. That sounds pretty good. But the next two words is afar off. Why? Well, at this point, because backslidingness has already taken its toll in Peter's heart he now is no longer anxious to be associated with Christ. Listen, when Peter first became a follower of Christ, uh, he would single-handedly take anyone on. Peter was brash, and Peter was bold, and Peter, I'm sure, would just soon clench his fists as walked and talked through a problem. But all of a sudden now, Peter has become afraid. And Peter has decided, if I go all the way into the palace, if indeed they're going to try and even crucify my Lord, just maybe they'll do the same to me. Peter, that never bothered you before. I wonder if it now bothers you to be associated with Christ. Listen, I, 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 I trust there was a time, and I trust it's still true now, But uh, uh, I wonder, was there a time in your Christian life when you wouldn't think of going to church without being dressed up in your finest? You wouldn't think of that. Because Jesus deserves your best. Was there a time when you wouldn't think of going to church without carrying your Bible under your arm? Because Jesus deserves your best. Was there a time when it wouldn't have bothered you to hold up a scripture sign, corner of an intersection in this town? Because Jesus deserves no less. Was there a time when you wouldn't think in a restaurant of biting your teeth into a food without first praying? And it didn't matter to you if everybody saw it. Jesus deserved no less. Was there a time when you, um, when you handed out gospel tracts? And, and you knew that crowd that you were handing it to, that they weren't religiously inclined by the way they looked but it didn't bother you was there a time when again held up scripture signs um i'm saying to you most christians early in their christian life they were not ashamed of being identified with christ and with christians but now this third sign in peter is he's a coward he's ashamed he doesn't want to be identified with Jesus Christ. Could there be someone here that's like that? Could there be someone here who thinks that he used to do and never thought twice about it because the Lord deserves no less? Now it's a struggle. Do you know when our heart begins to cool down in its love for God, we become guilty of cowardice. We're ashamed to carry a Bible. We're ashamed to be seen with other Christians. We're ashamed to be seen giving thanks and ashamed to let others know that we're a Christian. The reason the Lord left us here after we got saved is to be a light and a witness to this world. And you know, I don't claim to understand. Keep your hand in Mark 14. Look there in Mark chapter 8. I I honestly have read this and read this and read this. I don't claim to fully understand it. It's kind of a scary verse, really, when you read it. Mark chapter 8, look there in verse 38. Mark chapter 8 and verse 38, whosoever, Jesus says, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. I do not claim to understand that verse. How will Jesus be ashamed of some of his own children because they were ashamed of him. I don't claim to understand it. I sure don't want to be a part of that crowd. So I say the first sign that we've seen is boastful. It'll never happen to me. Second sign is prayerlessness. Counting on our own strength and energy and tools to be able to take care of anything that comes our way. Ignorant of the fact that our worst enemies are in flesh. Third thing is cowardice. Being ashamed to be identified with jesus christ i give you a fourth thing quickly mark 14 verse 54 pastor what was the fourth sign of peter well again we've already started but let's look at it again and peter followed him far off even to the palace of the high priest and he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire could i give you the fourth word fourth word is worldliness worldliness. So he not only was ashamed of being identified with Christ, he is now more comfortable to be identified with the people of this world. He, he, he feels he fits more in with them than he fits in with Christ. I say that's worldliness. He's sitting with the servants of the high priest. He's warming himself with their fire And I say to you, when you and I are ashamed to be seen with Christ, with God's people, and begin to mingle with the world and enjoy their comforts, you know, you cannot be comforted by the world's fire without that fire burning you. We don't have time to develop it, but Genesis 34, Dinah one day decided that she would go see the daughters of the land. That chapter did not turn out well for dinah she lost her purity she lost her virginity she somehow thought that she would fit in just as well with the world as with god's people It just turned out sour i think of samson bible says samson judges 14 went down to timnath he saw a woman of the daughters of the philistines He thought that he would fit in with the world just as easily as fit in with God's people. That didn't turn out well. And finally, the story of the prodigal son. I'm saying the fourth uh, sign is uh, worldliness. And has it come to the place where you are more comfortable with the people of this world than you are with God's people? Folks, that's a sign that somebody has lost some ground i give you the last one. Look there in Mark chapter 14, verse 71. We've seen the first sign is boastfulness. Second sign is prayerlessness. Third sign is cowardice. Fourth sign is worldliness. And the fifth sign, look there in verse 71. The Bible says, but he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. Uh, I, I'm not sure, it, it is a word, but I've never used it before this. Uh, the fifth sign is heathenness. Heathen. A heathen is someone who makes no claims of God, no claims to believe in God, no claims to follow God. We would often use atheist or agnostic. A heathen is somebody that does not want to identify with God. I am sure that before Peter got saved, I'm sure that he cursed and he swore. But when he placed his faith in Jesus Christ, God took that foul language out of his mouth. I'm sure that Peter was a drinker. I'm sure that Peter ate more than he should before he got saved. I'm sure that he was a partier. If there was some kind of a habit of uh, tobacco, I'm sure he tried it all. I'm sure he was a brawler. I'm sure he was a fighter. I'm sure he was all of those things. But when he trusted Christ, God gave him the victory over that. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But now the fifth step in Peter's backsliding is he is going back to doing those very things he did when he was still a heathen. He's cursing. He's swearing. You say, preacher, are you saying that someone can't be saved if they curse or swear? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they can't be right with God. I'm saying they've lost some serious steps in their Christian walk. James chapter 3, 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Christians don't curse. Christians aren't foul. Christians don't drink. There are things that Christians don't do. Now, you're not going to hear that in most of the churches and most of the cities across our land. But when you are a Christian, you begin to walk and to talk like Jesus Christ. And when you start backsliding, you will begin to approve of doing the things that you used to do before you got saved. And that's the fifth step. And you know, the only salvaging thing in this disastrous path that Peter has taken is before that night was done, after he had denied the Lord three times and that cock crowed two times, Jesus was being transferred from one building to another for his trial. And Jesus looked Peter's way And Peter's eyes fastened on Jesus' eyes. And Peter was broken. Look at the very last verse of Mark 14. Mark 14, and the second time the cock crew and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said unto him, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. It broke his heart that he had gone down that far away from God. And we know that in those next three days, he got his heart right. We know that God used him in a miraculous way 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. Thank God that he repented and got his heart right. Now, I'm trying to wrap it up in a minute and 30 seconds. If any of these signs are happening in your heart, remember this is not a list to measure everybody else. If any of these are in your boastfulness, I never, careful, careful, prayerlessness. Has prayer become a sacrifice thing in your life? You don't do it. Cowardice. You're just ashamed to be around God's people. Uh, Worldliness. You're more comfortable with the people of the world. And finally, heathenness. I mean, you're literally doing the things that you used to do before he got saved. Have you lost your salvation? If you were genuinely saved, you could not lose it. Maybe you never had it. I can't judge your heart just like you can't judge mine. That's a long way down. Don't wait any longer than Peter waited to get right. He got it right that same night. Why? Because if you don't get it right in this life, one day we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we are face to face with the same one that Peter looked eyeball to eyeball to. You know, we don't have time to look at it because we're out of time. But you know, that same man, Peter, that went so far down and the Lord in his grace rescued him. That same Peter, almost 30 years later, wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And it's amazing that Peter in those two books gave specific verses on how to combat boastfulness. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. He gave verses on how to combat uh, prayerlessness. He gave verses on how to combat cowardice and worldliness and heathenness. May we never forgot, forget where God's taken us from. And may we never get this idea that I'll never, I'll never go back to any one of us. Go back to that. We just have to be wise. Lord, is there boastfulness already there? Is Is there prayerlessness? Am I flippant about the fact that I didn't take time to talk to God? Is there cowardice? Am I ashamed to be around God's people? Has worldliness already taken its toll? Lord are there some things that I'm just an absolute heathen in let's pray Father we thank you for this observation Peter there in Mark 14 29 Lord I'll never and yet by Mark 14 71, he was doing what he said he'd never do Lord Peter is not the last one who said never and shortly thereafter is doing all of it we could